0: How many of you really enjoy being around people who gripe all the time? Just gripe and gripe. Today we're going to talk about Jesus, the thankful God. Jesus, the thankful God. How many of you have worked in environments where people complain nonstop? Every time they open their mouth, they're complaining. Isn't it just create a heavy kind of environment? Have you been around people or work environments where everything is uplifting and positive? Have you had that experience? Where people are just very, very uplifting with their words, very thankful about things. Doesn't it make a big difference, the atmosphere that words create? So nobody here is really a big fan of just listening to complaining? Are you more of a big fan of just listening to positive, uplifting things? Or how how do you fare with being the person who brings the thankful, uplifting thoughts? Does anybody here need some improvement? Well, we're going to look at Jesus today, uh, our thankful God. I want to uh, talk about the power of Thanksgiving and also uh, how it's a supernatural precedent for uh, things that God sets up in the spirit realm for us to receive. That that Thanksgiving years ago, I learned that uh, four dynamic, very dynamic kingdom of God entry points where these things open the realm of the Spirit for the positive impact of God's Spirit to move in the promises of the kingdom. Of course, you would know the life-giving presence of the Word of God itself, right? That would be one. Number two would be the name of Jesus, the resource that comes through the authority of the name of Jesus, and even the blood of Jesus. There's this authority and power through His name. Another one, of course, is is the fact that you can pray in the spirit and pray the will of God and when we pray in the Spirit, we pray the will of God and I've been encouraging I had a young man who considers me like a father in the faith uh, sitting with him at lunch the other day and I challenged him to pray in the spirit a lot and he realizes he works out of his head a lot and he needs to really get in touch with what the Holy Spirit would would bring about in his life and he really appreciated that. And of course, the fourth thing that uh, I received under his ministry was the fact of the dynamic power of thanksgiving. There's just this dynamic power. When you start to thank God for things, it changes the atmosphere. And just like you don't like it, you don't like it when somebody just walks in griping and complaining, that's not how you enter God's presence either. God doesn't like it either. That's what, but probably You're made in His image, so if you don't like it, <laughs> you probably that you don't like it, right? And the Bible says, you know, come enter his gates with what? Griping and complaining. And no, enter his gate with what? Thanksgiving in your heart. Enter it with thanksgiving. So Jesus is the God, the thankful God. Now I want us to look at the beginning of that just for a moment. This is kind of a launching point. Let's go ahead and, before we even get into the message here, let's go ahead and thank the Lord for a minute. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord, for your light, the Word of God that brings light. And I praise, praise you, Lord, that the power of your Word is going to release in the room. And the power of what you have done for us in the gospel is going to release into our hearts. And we want to praise you in advance for work of your Spirit today. And in the middle of all of this going on in the nation, we're going to go ahead and praise you for a breakthrough in the wall, a breakthrough in the things, a breakthrough for the glory of God, for the kingdom of God. We praise you in advance and thank you in advance for a breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. Amen. So Jesus is from the the tribe of Judah. So when I started thinking about uh, Jesus being the thankful God I wanted to say well let's go ahead and start why and where did this start in the in the genesis of this and it's back in Genesis 29 we have an interesting development where in verse 31 we see there's a whole dynamic I'm not going to get into all the backstory of this but here's the point Jacob worked for a while and he thought he was going to get Rachel and instead he gets Leah and then he's um, has agreed agree to work seven more years he'll go ahead and give him uh, Rachel but he's got to work seven more years and so anyway Ra- Rachel's this beautiful beautiful woman and uh, Leah says she has these weak eyes and we're not sure what she looks like but here's the point uh, she got the Jacob felt like he got the bad end of the deal when he got this woman and so here's this awesome, awesome, awesome work of the God looking down. How many of you feel like you've got the bad end of the deal in many situations in life? This is where we're at the touch point of being with Leah. How many of you felt hated? Any at all? This is the powerful thing. Genesis 29, 31 says, when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And so there's this point at which God says, I see in the tenderness of your brokenness, and I'm going to make up the difference for you. Are you there? Isn't that got good about God? So anyway, there's but there's still something amiss inside of Leah's heart. And verse 32 says, Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. Reuben means sea. And she said, because the Lord has looked upon my affliction, for now my husband will love me. And she had this desire that if I have a baby, he will look and then he will love me and it didn't happen how many of you have said if i could just do get this then i'll get the approval of other people and somehow and then it doesn't work out and it doesn't you the the effort you put into it it doesn't work out are you there Verse 33, she conceives again, bore a son because it says, Listen to this one because the Lord has heard that I am hated, he has given me a son also. And I call his name Simon because he's heard me. Simon means heard. Heard. It says, The Lord has heard my affliction. She gets another baby. Now she says, Now the Lord's heard, You know, I'm, I'm producing this. Uh, can't you hear, Jacob? You know, what's the deal? Another baby. Again, verse 34, Conceived and bore a son, and now this time the, my husband will be attached to me because I've borne him three sons. Therefore, his name was uh, Levi, and Levi means attached. You think she's getting worn out by now? People will look, looking, listening for the, the way they're going to be accepted. If I, you know, all this stuff. If, if I could just get this deep need in my heart met... And then this is what happens. And this is the most amazing thing. Genesis 35. And she conceived again and bore a son. And this time, look at this. She said, but read it with me. This time I will praise the Lord. Everybody say it again. This time I will praise the Lord. And therefore she called his name Judah. Judah means praise. Judah means thanksgiving. I'm going to define it here in a second. And then she ceased bearing And there came something in her heart that goes, I'm not going to look to this man. And in your heart, I'm not going to look to this one or that or this. This time. Come on, settle that in your heart. This time. This time. Instead of looking for affirmation from this or something from that. This time. This time. I'm going to praise the Lord. And the word Judah is de- developed from the word Yudah. The, when she said, this time I'll praise the Lord, she said Yudah, which is where we get the word Judah. Okay? And the, de- the name Judah or Yudah means this. It means to use or to hold out the hand physically, especially, get this, especially to revere or worship with extended hands. Now, I want to ask everybody to do something for just for a minute. We've done it before a long time ago. Would everybody just put a big package, a gift package of thanksgiving inside of your heart right now? Go ahead and put a gift package of thanksgiving in your heart. And then let's lift our hands together and let's let it out of our hearts. Lift it up. Lift it up. And just lift up your hands to the Lord and release it. Release it up out of you. Just release the the thanksgiving up out of your heart. You're not just lifting your hands. You're lifting your heart of gratitude to the Lord. Now, if you'll notice, if you're sensitive, you'll see the presence of God is beginning to fill up the room. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it awesome? Isn't it good? Here we are. It's this amazing work of the Spirit now. Why? Is it like this? Why? Because we're doing the Word of God. We're doing an act of worship according to the Word of God. God responds when you give Him a gift package of thanksgiving up out of your heart and release it through the extension of your hands. Praise the Lord. You don't even have to say anything. You can just lift your hands and release it. Isn't that wonderful? Now you can say praise the Lord with me. Say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And we were told... In Revelation chapter 5, and one of the elders said to me, weep no more, behold, everybody said, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he may open the scroll and its seven seals. And so Jesus, in the book of Revelation, when they turn, they say, look, 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 there's the lamb. lamb." And instead of seeing the lamb this time, they see the lion. They see the line. They see, they see, and see, here, here's the, the beautiful thing is that Leah finally got it. She finally got it. She says, I'm not going to look to man. I'm going to look to God to fill my heart. I'm going to look to God and I'm going to praise the Lord. And Jesus comes from that line. Jesus comes from the line that says, you're going to praise me. I'm going to feel you. You're going to praise me. You lift your hands. I'm going to come and hug you. I'm going to meet you right where you are because you lift up thanksgiving and I'll always be there for you. He made it that easy. It's like a baby coming up and going, how many of you have done that before? How many of them, when they come up and do this, what do you do? Ignore them? No, you pick them up. And the father's the same. He says, there you are. And he just picks you up and gives you a hug. Oh, he's so good. Let's praise him. Hallelujah. Thanksgiving, praise God, coming up out of your spirit because you are after the lineage of Judah too. You you receive Jesus. Praise the Lord. We're exhorted, of course, to give thanks throughout. We're going to come back to this, but take a little detour right now. We're we're exhorted to give thanks, and of course, Thanksgiving. That's what we're talking about. This is kind of an interesting thing because back is a tradition. Uh, 1621, when the pilgrims gave thanks for their first bountiful harvest at Plymouth Rock. And the settlers had arrived in November of uh, 1620, and they founded the permanent English settlement there. And so we have this time established, uh, different decrees through our government that established a day on the calendar for us to give thanks. And the concept, of course, it's not only the giving of thanks, it's the counting of blessings. Have you heard the count your blessings, name them one by one? And so Psalm 9 verse 1 says this. Read it with me. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. That's the idea right there. That's the idea. I will think about stuff that God has done like we did a minute ago. I'll think about that and I'll bring it before him in my own mind and I'll say, thank you you did that. Psalm 26, 7, let's proclaim this aloud. Proclaiming Thanksgiving aloud and telling all your wondrous deeds aloud. That's what Thanksgiving is. That's why we do this. That's why we come around this time of year and focus on this kind of thing. Just yell out to the person somewhere nearby. You just say, Jesus is a thankful God. Go ahead. He's a thankful God. Psalm 50, 23, and the one who offers, listen and the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. Stop there for a minute. The one who offers thanksgiving as a sacrifice. I've always said, you know, there's two times. There's two times to praise God. The first time is when you feel like it. The second time when you don't feel like it. And that's the sacrifice time. That's when you give a sacrifice, Thanksgiving. And the one who praises and thanks the Lord when they don't feel like it, now that's the one who glorifies the Lord. Yes, he receives it when you feel like it, but he receives glory when you don't feel like it. Hallelujah. To the one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. And one last scripture on this. This is verse seventy, uh, Psalm seventy-five, verse one. Let's proclaim it. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds. Hallelujah! How many of you heard? Second um, Thessalonians two fourteen says. We, I was, I didn't include this in the message, but it hit me this morning. Says so we thank God who always leads us in triumphal procession, releasing the aroma of God everywhere. Something like that. We thank God who always leads us. Paul had give, had really. If there's somebody that could really exemplify a lot of the reality of who Jesus is in a person, human personality, it'd be Paul. And Paul actually exhorts us with this amazing understanding about thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this. says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Notice the prepositional phrase, in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. I think you'd have to be an idiot to thank him for certain bad things. But you can be a brilliant saint in the middle of a bad situation and literally train your heart to look for the thing that's going to be the blessing in the middle of it. And that's what he did. Turn to somebody and yell at him, Do you want to know the will of God? Go ahead. you want to know the will of God? Somebody say yes. (laughs) Give thanks in all circumstances. In them, in them, in them. Come on, how many of you know this is a training of the heart? This is a training of your attitude. This doesn't come naturally. When something bad happens, you repeat the bad thing, and the bad thing grows, and the bad thing turns into a big monster, and the bad thing comes and eats you up in your mind. But if if you learn, well, Lord, uh, I'm going to just praise you right in the middle of this horrible storm. I'm going to praise you in the midst of this flood of bad things. And there's something powerful about that because... Uh, Romans, the, I put up the, the chapter of, of the Amplified, the, the verse in the Amplified from Romans eight twenty eight. It really lets us in on this. It says, And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God and who are called according to his plan and purpose. In other words, in the midst of whatever you're going through, something bad happens Start with your attitude of giving thanks. And the Lord says, Okay, you ready for me to turn it into something good for you? Are you ready? Thanksgiving is like a big key. opens up doors to treasures. Come on now. Thanksgiving opens up that. How many of you have seen the Lord work something good out of something bad for you? Now that's what a lot of testimonies are about. Something horrible comes and you turn to the Lord in the midst of it, like we're doing in our nation right now. Something horrible has come. And you turn to the Lord in the midst of it. You can thank Him and praise Him. Thank Him and praise Him. Uh, Paul Paul, actually, here's just a few more practical things, and then we'll get to, and this is, it's not going to be that long, so we're going to be okay. Here's how are we doing okay? Take a big breath. Now say, thank you, Jesus. It could be bad if He goes for hours, but I thank God that Something good's going to come out of this. <laughs> Ephesians 1.16, Paul has got this idea of praying for people while thanking God for them. Isn't that beautiful? When I read this, I started praying for some of you and thanking God for you. But I was praying for you, but I was thanking God for you. I started looking at the, the blessings that you are. I started thanking God for the blessings that you are. He says in Ephesians 1.16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Is there anyone you're grateful for? You know, so much, maybe it's just the wiring in my brain, but so much of it, when we think of people if we would pepper pepper the prayer with thankfulness, with salt and pepper, put some seasoning of thankfulness on the prayer. Lord, thank you for, there's certain people, you think of them, I and I bet you there's like a big long list of thankful things that you could, and it changes, it does something in your own heart. When you pray for them, you start to feel, wait a minute, we need to do that. Paul did that all the time. And then he also has this amazing attitude. Here you go. Listen to this. Colossians 1.12 Giving thanks. Here we are. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And the inheritance of the saints in light is any kind of blessing that you can ever get from God. When I just said that right now, there are certain ones of you that have built a profound testimony on something very significant that the Lord has done for you. Can I tell you a little story? I was, had gone up to Shinley Park when Sean Foyt was having his worship outreach there. The following week, he was in Washington, D.C., and there were 35,000 people, minimum, that were there. At Shinley Park the week before, which is a Sunday night, that night I drove up and uh, was there, and uh, there were about a thousand, I would think, maybe possibly a little bit more than that. And uh, they were doing a, an outdoor worship time, and and the 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 the, uh, the nature of the event was that the worship never stopped, and they shared like they had three or four different worship leaders would be singing, and they just kept that going. But between that, they would have someone. Stand up and uh, like give a salvation call and just exhort. And they were anointed. It was a person with a gift of evangelism. People started coming forward. So people were being saved in the park as the church, being the church outside. The Lord was dropping all this into my heart. Then there was another guy got up and he started having words of knowledge about people who had healings. And there was, these people got up there and they'd been deaf, one for 10 years in one ear and one for two years. And they were healed that night. So there were healings. And someone said, God just healed. there took away their migraines. So there was these testimonies peppered all throughout. There was just the touch of God, the touch of God. And so I'm thinking, okay, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. And I'm on this side. and I'm going to walk over to that side. And now over there, it's like, where did those people go that got saved? I wanted to go see if they were baptizing them. So I'm walking over there and somebody grabs my arm. And I turn around, and there's this lady who's pregnant, she's young, her name's Brittany. And uh, she says, you don't remember me, do you? I said, well, I know. She said, well, about 2011, so this is nine years ago, I was a new Christian, brand new Christian. I was going through a very, very difficult time. And uh, uh, somebody invited me to go to where you were holding a worship conference over in Washington. I said, yeah, at uh, Craig and Wendy Bellis' church, the Covenant uh, Life Church. She said, yeah, that's where it was. I said, you were there? She says, yes, I was there. And there was something that happened. I said, what's that? She said, after you finished, you came walking toward me. And I knew it wasn't you. I knew it was Father God. And you came walking up to me, and you looked at me in the eyes, and you said, I've been looking forward to meeting you. And she said, my life changed. She said, I knew that Father God in heaven loved me. Now I'm crying and I'm this I'm out here in the middle of in this big thing walking over to look at some people being baptized and this lady grabs my arm and now I'm crying and I'm going, Oh my God. And here's what here's, there's two things this. Number one is the Lord said, You thought you were coming out here to get your next mission assignment, but I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, I've got a divine appointment to refresh your spirit. And so anyway, what happens is I had her put her hand on her tummy there, and we pray for that baby and she said she had two other ones, and, uh, and uh, one of them is uh, her oldest little son. I saw him later. He's about this tall, little toddler, and his name is River, and she told me his favorite song was Come Jump in the River. <laughs> I like, what of my songs? Anyway, so I finished there, and I walked over, and I started taking some videos of the water baptisms, and then I'm going back, and I'm walking back to my chair and on the other side. I'm walking back, and this time, this grabs this arm. And it's because it's dark out, you know, grabs his arm and look and there is Brittany and her husband. Her husband's name is Nick and there's her kids. And this man says, he's a young man, he's a really nice looking guy. He says, I've been looking forward to meeting you. I've heard this story so many times. In fact, when Brittany shares it in church, everybody cries. And I was like, God... I'm in a testimony that you've anointed. My golly, how cool is that? (laughs) Because Brittany has a spirit of thanksgiving. And she knows what Jesus has done in her. And I bet you there are people who say, when I met you, at that time, God met me in a way and I know that Jesus is real and God is real because you showed up that's what it's all about, isn't it? And when we walk with a thankful spirit, I'm so convinced when it comes to the prophetic, if you have a thankful heart and you have a thankful spirit and you speak positive things, that that's the runway and the plane will take off any minute. The Holy Spirit says, if you're talking nice, I'm going to go ahead and give you something that will go right past their mind, right into their spirit. Next thing you know, you're in a flow of, of, of a work of the Spirit in somebody's life, and you hadn't planned that. But because you're a positive speaking person, and because you have a thankful tongue, God says, I can use you. Somebody shake yourself up. So the inheritance of the saints in life... Fostering an attitude of thanksgiving, This, uh, just two more verses, and then we'll get into Jesus' part here. Paul says, whatever you do, whatever you do, let's read this with me, and whatever you do, and is it up there? Yeah, and whatever you, come on, let's speak it. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. See, it's that, that whole attitude of having a thankful spirit, no matter what you're doing or saying, having that spirit of, of giving, doing it as unto the Lord. As we were talking a little while ago about Leah, uh, there was thinking about uh, this, you know, some people will do something to say, I want a promotion in this company, and they get disappointed because they're doing it unto somebody. And the Lord says, don't do it unto them. I'm the promoter. Do it as unto me. Don't do it for their... Do it for me. Do it as unto me. Live your whole life as unto me. And give me thanks. And when it's time, I'll promote you. How many of you know that's true? See, the Lord does it that way. That's how he does it. Don't do it unto man. Serve it unto don't, 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 don't be pleased when you're pleasing me. Uh, Colossians says, uh, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which indeed you have been called. And I love this. It's amazing. Paul just ties thankfulness to peace. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts which are called, oh, and be thankful. I'm just here to say that the spirit of thankfulness causes everything to turn out better. Everything to turn out better. Now, let's go ahead and look at um, Jesus. Now, I don't have as many scriptures up for this, but I do have some points along the way. I want to talk about three times in the Bible where Jesus... Our God of thanksgiving, the thankful God, gave thanks. Are you ready? Three times where Jesus gave thanks. Are you ready for the first one? He sends out the 70 disciples, and he anoints them to heal the sick, and to cast out demons. And they come back after being out there. And they're excited because they, they, were, they were given the, the power of his name, this authority that he has. And they gave him this, They He under his, his command, they went out and they ministered to people. And they came back saying, even the demons are subject to your name. And they were thrilled. They were like, they never seen anything like it. They were doing it. They were ministering in the Spirit, the power of the Spirit says, I've given you this authority that you can trample on snakes and scorpions and nothing will harm you. Jesus says, and I saw Satan fall like lightning out of heaven. Then he says, but listen, here's the big point. Don't even rejoice that much over that stuff that you have given the authority. Rejoice over this, that your name is written in the book of life. And they're getting it. They're getting it. And then it says this, in that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. Now, this is the powerful thing. Jesus now turns, and he's just said all that, and he's seen all that, and he's notices that they have flowed in his authority and helped people. Somebody say, thank you, Lord Jesus. And that's the point. He wants you to flow in his authority and help people. It says, in that same hour, he rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank. Everybody say, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such is your gracious will. Wow. How many of you have had in your growing up years, in Christ Jesus, something spooky happened in your house, and you said, in Jesus' name, and it left. How many of you? And the Lord says, I'm so thankful, Father, they got it. I want to say this. Jesus gives thanks when you get it. That's when Jesus gives thanks. He gives thanks when you get it. He gives thanks when you get the understanding and function of His authority in your life. He gives thanks for that. He says, all the people who figure it out on their own terms, I hid it from them, I gave it to you. And I'm so excited that you got it. Come on, just say, praise the Lord, I got it. I got it. I got the authority of Jesus. Uh, God's given me a dominion over the, the works of darkness. He says, I'm, I'm, I God, he gives, it, gives thanks. He says, give thanks when you get it. How many of you, you get it that your name is written in heaven. You get it. You get it. He says, I give thanks for you. I give thanks to the Father that you get it, that you understand that your name is written in heaven. Now, here's another one. Second one. You know the story, Jesus is in, this is in John 11, and Jesus is uh, standing at the, at the tomb of Lazarus. And Lazarus has been dead for four days, right? After four days, there are certain things that just decay inside the body. You can't go like, and resurrect him because the stuff's already fallen apart in there. Say it's done. So he's already decaying. He says, remove the stone... And then Jesus lifts up his eyes and he says this. Listen to this. This is amazing. This is the other time Jesus gives thanks. He says, Father, I thank you. Now watch this. I thank you that you have heard me. And I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around. Everybody repeat this. That they may believe that you sent me that they may believe. And when he had said that, then he said with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth. This is the second time that Jesus gives thanks. Jesus gives thanks when you believe. Somebody stay. Yes. I didn't hear enough, I don't know, I wanted to have some more like, go, oh, Pastor, you're just, this is amazing, you know. I don't know. I wanted something more there And so, oh. huh You know what I mean? Listen, Jesus gives thanks when you believe. Not when you think it's up to you, but when you believe it's up to Him. That's powerful. Because your whole Christian life... Listen, Heather and I were talking this morning. When you come to this church, you realize that Jesus has already done it all for you. Because the average person, if they don't hear that Jesus has done it for them, all by themselves. They'll put their Christianity on their own back and end up feeling like a failure the rest of their life. I'm here to say, that's coming off. This is not about your performance. It's about His his performance. And Jesus is the one who raises us from the dead and gives us life in Him. There you go. Come on here. I I know you got these masks on and you feel... You're like Lazarus in there Jesus gives thanks when you look at a situation that looks hopeless but you believe him anyway because you can't turn it around but he turns it around that's where he says you got it I, I give thanks for that you believe hallelujah ready for the third one The third one is this, Matthew 26, 27, 28, and he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, everybody say he gave thanks when he passed out the cup of communion. He cast out the cup of communion. He says, I give thanks, and he gave thanks, and he gave it to him. He says, drink it, drink it, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood, my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Next one, Jesus gives thanks when you receive it. When you, receive, when you get it. When you believe it. And when you receive it. How many of you have received the forgiveness of your sins? You've received it. And the shame has left you. There's degrees and levels and, and stuff that goes on in a life. And you think, I, I believe it. But then there's another level of receiving. And there's a moment you're sitting there and next thing you know... A whole bunch of stuff that held you back. You've received the blood in a brand new dimension. Now, I want to go back to this slide. Judah means Yadah. Yadah means to use or hold out the hand physically, especially to revere worship with extended hands. It means to praise, give thanks, confess the name of God, the Lord and uh, this is where the Lord quickened me because he's the line of the tribe of Judah and Judah means to extend your hands and i felt the Lord whisper in my heart have you ever seen jesus hold his hands out where is it that you've seen jesus with his hands extended Hebrews 12.2 2 says, For the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross. Now watch this. Because Jesus extended His hands, we can extend our hands. Because He held His hands out on the cross and extended His hands with the joy in his heart for what would happen. He extended his hands for the joy that was set before him. I want to put it this way, this next slide. Now get this, the weight of joy is set against the weight of suffering in this verse. The joy that's set before him, he endured the cross. The weight of joy is set against the weight of suffering. And look at this, with the implication that the weight of joy far outweighs the weight of suffering. You were on His mind. And He extended His hands. He's saying deep in His heart, He's saying, I'm so thankful. To put it this way, it's this, the weight of joy of being with you in glory and that you get it and that you get it now, that you believe it now, that you receive now, was what His hands were extended for in thanksgiving. It says, I've done it for you. Paul said it this way. He says, I consider that the present sufferings are not worthy to be compared to the eternal weight of glory. Let's go ahead and lift your hands again. Because He's extended His hands toward you, He releases His blessing on you as you lift up to receive it. First Peter 1.8 says, "...whom having not seen you love, and whom, in whom though you have not seen Him yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. So could you just stand with me for a minute and just lift your hands to the Lord? I feel like there's a blessing Come with that thankful spirit again, but this time the Lord wants to give you he wants to give you the provision that you came for that you didn't even know you needed today because he has his hands extended out for you. He's saying, I'm going to cause you to get it. I'm going to cause you to have the authority that you need. I'm going to impart it to you right now. Receive it right now. I'm going to cause you to have a belief that I can do all things through you that you can't do, even in your personal life and in our local life and the national life. Say, I believe, Jesus, You're the Resurrector of life and power. Let some of you, just under your spirit, they're just begin to praise Him and thank Him right now. Just go open to, them, open to Him. Praise You, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. We're going to just worship for a moment because there's a a joy in Him when you receive and there's been kind of a lack of faith and the Lord's saying, I'm going to deposit. How many of you feel just wearied and pushed around a bit? The Lord wants to give you something of the the, the weight of His own glory because He's already suffered this. He's not calling you the same level of suffering. There's going to be suffering, of course, but... Lift your hands, because earlier I said, give a gift of thanksgiving up through your extended hands. And the Lord says, if you give me the gift, I'm going to give you the gift. The Lord wants to drop something in your heart right now. I'm convinced of that. I'm convinced of that. First of all, I want to say this. The Lord is making it easy for you to believe in this environment. So believe. Because the Lord is saying to us, it doesn't matter how much effort you put into it. It's about my effort that I've put into it. The salvation and the gifts that I have for you are not based on your personal human effort. They're based on my my accomplished work that I've given already. See, you can't be enough to earn salvation. To earn the gifts. You can't be faithful enough. You can't be good enough. You can't be righteous enough. You can't You can't get that. Jesus said, there's none righteous, no, not one. I'll come and do it for you. How many of you know you're like sheep who all went astray, but he put all of our sins on him, right? And even even those who have walked with the Lord for years, the Lord suddenly is there and you humble your heart very quickly realizing, I got nothing. I got nothing. You have everything. Uh, This little thought came in my heart. He's wiping some slates clean right now. He's wiping some slates clean where you maybe feel like you foiled. Maybe you did something wrong. The Lord says, you're receiving. You're receiving a wiping of the slate clean right now. Receive it. Just go ahead and say, thank you, Lord. The full work of the cross, the full work, the redemptive power of Jesus is going to cleanse. Now you are freed from that in the name of Jesus you're freed from that he says I'm wiping I wipe that clean I wipe that clean how many of you want to just go ahead and Lord I give you my tongue again how many of you want to give the tongue to the Lord say Lord I want to be speaking help me speak the things that you would have me say change that part of my life would you do that say Lord I want to be more like you the thankful God Thank you, Jesus. Lord, as we stand here in your presence, thank you for being the lion of the tribe of Judah. Thank you for being thankful when I suddenly get it. When we suddenly get it. Thank you for your long-suffering and helping us to believe and being thankful when finally we believe and we receive. We want to thank you that you're so gracious to us that you help us receive those things. I tell you, somebody here, the Lord's just going to release a healing in you right now physically. That's the thing He wants to give you. Healing. Just say, I receive it. Just say, I receive it. I receive it. The Lord thankful that you're receiving of His help. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you to receive something the Lord has set Himself to inspire you when you're alone. Some of you have felt when you're alone, you don't feel that close to the Lord. The Lord has really put this on my heart. I want to inspire you. Would you open your life to Him and let Jesus be the one who gives you inspiration to live, Gives you inspiration to rise up in situations. Would you do that? Say, Lord, you are my go ahead. Say it. You are my inspiration. I thank you, Lord, that you are my inspiration. As we're just standing here before the Lord, He's just dropping these things in. He says, "I want to be your inspiration." I'm thankful that you get it. I'm thankful that you believe it. I'm thankful that you receive it. Now, begin to thank me, and I'll take you further down the road than you've ever been in the powerful life-beginning walk that I've called you into. Have I said amen? Hallelujah. Amen.